You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here is your host, it's Mr. Carl Stebbings. So you join us then at the Royal International Air Tattoo, RF Fairford. This is episode number 69 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the media tent is my co-host Matt Smith. Hello. Good morning, Matt, and uh, you're, you're here, finally. Okay, I made it, yes, very exciting. <laughs> yeah, Matt uh, has, uh, has joined me via the, uh, yeah, so the I'm train. A, I'm a bit distracted because, as I say, we're in the media tent, and around us, you know, here we are sitting here with our little Tascam and, and, and a little MacBook Air, so at least we blend in a little bit. Um, and around us, I can only describe as towers of terrifying electronics like like cameras and goodness knows what it is like being in a broadcasting studio there is so much equipment hanging around <laughs> yeah Stephen Grant can uh, can uh, definitely relate to this I think yeah I bet yeah 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 so, so we're here for episode 69 it's uh, Sunday the 19th of July and we are live at the show at React it's uh, just coming up to 20 past 8 in the morning 29 which is nice 20 past 9 20 past 9 sorry <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we well we thought we'd bring you a show this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we've got, got, got to keep the listeners happening. As I say, it is only a short show today, though. Um, uh, as I'm sure you can appreciate, we are at the Royal International Air Tattoo, and I have lots of planes that I dare say uh, I will be guided through most expertly by both Carl and Pip, who's joining us a little later, which I can't wait. Now you had you had the pleasure of spending the day with Pip yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I spent the day with Pip yesterday. We had some brilliant interviews. We uh, we managed to get some great stuff, uh, some content for the show. From uh, from some of the great pilots here, and also we got on some pretty awesome aircraft, Matt. Really, yeah. Um, including the Boeing uh, E3 Century, the AWACS, um, which is pretty cool. And uh, we also got on board uh, the Airbus A318 from BA, British Airways. Ah, right. And that's what's what's so special. This this is a sort of business executive jet, isn't it? Yeah, that's the uh, that's the, the the posh one that goes from uh, London City <laughs> Airport to New York, which is quite. We're get, I'm going to try and get Matt on uh, on there right. later on. So <laughs> I can't wait. Are we going anywhere nice? Uh, we'll just we'll just sit on the tarmac, really, and, and blend in. Yeah. You, you, so you, it's it's safe to say you didn't win the lottery overnight, then? No, no, definitely <laughs> didn't. No, no. Never mind. Anyway, so, so we're going to start off the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So, if you're ready, Matt. Very much so, yes. Let's go. So kicking off this week's first news story then, and uh, this one is on the CH Aviation website, and uh, British Airways to begin 787-9 operations in October. So British Airways uh, at uh, London Heathrow say they are expecting to take delivery of uh, its first of two, uh, uh, first of 22 uh, Boeing 787-9s on order from Boeing uh, Chicago this September. Thereafter, the UK carrier plans to deploy Golf uh, Zulu Bravo Kilo Alpha uh, into revenue service on flights between London Heathrow and Delhi International beginning uh, October the 25th. Other destinations to see Boeing 787-9 service include Abu Dhabi International, Muscat, uh, Kuala Lumpur International as well. 
Uh, a total of five Boeing 787-9s are expected to be delivered this year, with two in October and two in November thereafter. A further six will arrive in 2016, with five due in 2017. The uh, Boeing 787-9s are configured with uh, eight first class, uh, 42 business, 39 premium economy and 127 economy seats, making a total of 216 seats. Uh, BA is an existing operator of the Dreamliner, employing a fleet of eight smaller 787-8s. Uh, it has 12 787-10s on order from uh, the US fan- uh, manufacturer as well. I kind of find it interesting, Matt, that the, yeah. the, the photo that CHAV Asian uh, website yeah. has posted on here, uh, they're talking about the 787-9 and they've got the photo of the Airbus A380. <laughs> oh no, really? That's a bit of a fail. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a file picture they could have, uh, yeah, they yeah. Could have chosen uh, of the 787-9. They perhaps they wanted the BA colours or something on it, perhaps. That's, that's, I don't know, it seems, a, seems an odd choice, doesn't it? <laughs> it's kind of bizarre having, having a photo of an Airbus A380 so, when they're talking so. about Boeing. So I wonder when it'll actually... Oh, so, oh right, so, yeah, I could say I wonder when they, they take delivery in September, but they're ho- hopefully in service by the end of October. That's quite cool. Yeah, yeah. So moving on, next story. Yeah, next story. Uh, this is on the i24 news website uh, in the economy section covering my favorite airline that is Ryanair and the headline is low cost and high fame Ryanair is planning to put the faces and names of 30 Facebook fans onto its planes the low cost Ryanair line uh, which is celebrating its 30th birthday says it is planning to put the faces and names of 30 Facebook fans onto its planes to celebrate the launch of our Facebook account, we're giving away a, a, a prize that money can't buy, where 30 lucky fans will have a Ryanair, name pla- Ryan, Ryanair plane named after them, said Robin Keeley, head of Ryanair's communications. In order to launch the campaign, the company finally opened a Facebook account this month. I can't believe they've only just opened up a Facebook account. I know. We, I think we covered it on one of pre- the previous mm, show, didn't we? I know. I know. Ryanair says all you have to do is like their Facebook page, go to the Get Your Face on Ryanair. Air Facebook app and uh, upload a photo and explain why your face belongs on a Ryanair plane. Oh no, this, this is so open to abuse. We, we should definitely get our faces <laughs> on a Ryanair plane. Oh, can you imagine it? The shame. Oh. <laughs> the company says it will announce the winners in September. Well, that's very exciting. All big Ryanair fans out there, get your Oh, get oh we definitely are, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think we should definitely email them and, uh, you know, we, actually, <laughs> we should get the uh, show logo on one of their aircraft. Really? I mean, we feature them every week. We, so we should <laughs> Not necessarily in the best light every single week, but hey. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. So moving on then, next story on the FTN news site, this one. And uh, Thomas Cook Airlines launches non-stop flight between London Stansted and Orlando International. So Thomas Cook Airlines began, uh, begins a month of service with two flights uh, per week to London Stansted Airport. This first non-stop flight to connect Orlando International Airport to London Stansted, the uh, uh, United Kingdom, is one of the most popular international destinations, with over 1.2 million travellers during the last 12 months. Last year, Thomas Cook accounted for more than 100,000 passengers at Orlando International Airport, and with news of further service expansions, we're hopefully uh, they will continue to build their seasonal business to a full all-year-round operation, says Frank Kruppenbacher chairman of the Greater Orlando Aviation Authority. In 2015, Thomas Cook is scheduled to operate at 37% more flights from uh, MCO than in 2014, with the addition of uh, Belfast and Stansford flights, as well as increasing service to Manchester and Glasgow. 
Based on published flight schedules, Thomas Cook is expected to operate uh, 43% more flights during the first half of 2016 compared to the first half of this year. Thomas Cook, which resumed MCO service in March 2014, operates A330-200 aircraft in Orlando with uh, between 314 and 325 seats. The airline recently upgraded its economy seating to include a James Martin three-course meal, uh, new on-demand in, uh, seat in-flight entertainment and system and extra legroom. Orlando International Airport MCO serves nearly 36 million annual passengers, of which 12.5% are international MCO, is, uh, which is the second busiest airport in Florida, and has approximately 18,000 badged employees. It also generates $31 billion in direct and indirect revenue for the regional economy. Uh, its ongoing efforts to value and, uh, and delight its customers. Orlando International Airport has embarked on a series of capital improvements valued at over $1.3 billion and has approved signing, uh, uh, designing a new South Terminal project all aimed at enhancing the Orlando experience. I'd love to go to Orlando. That's one of the destinations that I've always, I've always wanted to go to. I'm desperate to go anywhere in America, to be brutally honest. Uh, one of the things that surprised me is 100,000. It's responsible for 100,000 passengers that go into and out of Orlando every every single year that's from the UK. A, yeah, that's a, that's. Uh, they they must be doing must be covering most of the routes. I mean, where do um, I presumably Virgin and that they fly into Orlando? Yeah, Virgin do, BA do as well. Um, wow, they're just that's that's a really large amount of people. It is, it is, yeah, definitely. So moving on then to uh, to the next story, the last story. Yes, yeah, our final story this week, as I say, because we are at Riyadh and uh, we have much to go and, go and uh, investigate. Uh, this is on the uh, Dorking and Leatherhead advertiser. And the headline is, Gatwick CEO says growing passenger numbers make sense for the airport's expansion. Gatwick CEO said that a record number of passengers passing through the airport in June underlines the need for the business to expand. An extra 184,000 people passed through the airport in June this year compared to the same period last year, according to Gatwick figures, bringing the total to 3.8 million. Uh, It means the passenger numbers have increased to record levels for the 28th consecutive month. The airport also experienced an increase of 8% on the last 12 months to June in the number of long-haul routes. CEO Stuart Wingate said that uh, the growing numbers underlined the need for Gatwick to expand despite a recent uh, airport commission report suggesting that Heathrow should be prioritised. Gatwick remains the best option for expansion as it can cater for all airline types flying to all types of destinations. It is clearly illustrated by the growth in numbers of passengers choosing long-haul services at Gatwick, Mr Wingate said. The growth of our transatlantic routes, from which, uh, which from May will include Boston, is the latest demonstration of the way the industry is moving with a new generation of carriers and aircraft fueling the low-cost long-haul revolution. We will continue to engage uh, actively with government at all levels to show why Gatwick expansion is the only means by which we can sustain the low-cost revolution that has driven aviation growth over the last two decades and the only choice which can actually deliver the aviation capacity in the UK which it desperately needs. The UK needs extra capacity uh, that can meet the needs of all travellers and Gatwick remains the only deliverable option for expansion. Among, among the routes contributing to the growth in long-haul flights are North Atlantic routes, which increased 14.3%, and USA routes, which grew by 20.6% uh, in the year to June. The new Gatwick to Boston route is expected to start in May next year. Wow. 
excellent news then. I definitely think so for Gatwick. An airport I fly, I'm flying from in September. Are you? Cool, cool. I, I, I mean, I get, I, it, it seems the most logical. I don't know why everybody's so obsessed with Heathrow. I have to be honest. It does seem like the most logical route with regard to expansion. There's more space. There's, uh, you know, it's slightly, slightly less populated, if you like. Uh, it's going to cause less offence, I would say, to other people. I don't know quite why um, Heathrow seems to be the preferred terminal, if I'm honest. I think there's definitely going to have to be some expansion somewhere in the UK airport-wise over the next or over the few next coming years because of the sheer amount of traffic in in the UK. But then, I mean, we've said before, I I still think that regional airports are the way to go. Frankly, I I think they really need to look into regional airports being utilised more. You know, I mean, Norwich is a cracking little airport, but it's it's massively underutilised. Definitely, definitely. So. There's lots of recording going on in here. There's uh, pe- yes, people being interviewed anyway. Blimey. <laughs> uh, well, right, so that is when we're going to bring the news segment to a close. Um, but we have got some, uh, well, not so much military news, but more about the military aircraft that are here at uh, Riyadh uh, this year. So we are going to come back to you after this. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Grant, Grant, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we <laughs> And we're back. Oh. That was quick. Oh, coffee. It's the way forward. I know. <laughs> Fueled so, by coffee. <laughs> so we're back then. And uh, yeah, so carrying on then. So from the military point of view, from the air show, there's uh, a huge amount of military aircraft yes. here this year. Um, one of the um, obviously the biggest ones is the Vulcan uh, XH558. Yeah, obviously, um, being here this year with uh, its last year uh, in uh, in the air show scene and the air show circle, which is very sad indeed. Had a uh, real treat yesterday, which will be happening again today, which is where the uh, Vulcan was in formation with the Red Arrows, which oh, was awesome. Wow! Yeah, can't wait to see that. Yeah, uh, but there are a lot of um, um, military. Um, you know, aviation aircraft here from many different countries. Um, one of the most uh, popular ones being, obviously, um, the Royal Air Force, which have got quite a large amount of aircraft here with the Typhoons and the Tornadoes, GR4s, and also the Royal Navy uh, has their Sea King here, the Western Sea King, which is one of the aircraft that uh, we went on yesterday, which is awesome. Um, also, one of the ones to look oh, look for, which we got an interview with yesterday, was yep. the Japanese Maritime, ah, yes. the uh, P1, the Kawasaki P1, Actually, um, which photo. is here. You, you took a cracking uh, photo of them today, didn't you? We'll, yeah. we'll upload that to the Facebook page uh, in a minute. But, um, yeah, the, the crew all there uh, standing outside. It's, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? You just don't see, you see the word Kawasaki and you immediately think motorbikes. You don't think, you don't think aer- aeroplanes or anything like that. 
No, no, it, it's good. It's amazing aircraft to see, definitely in the UK. First time here in the UK yeah. as well, so uh, a right treat for us all. Yeah, so, God, we've got lots to do today, we man. Have, we really need to get on. We do, yes. Yeah. So very sorry that it's such a short show. As I say, we're going to get out there. We're going to get some interviews uh, in the can. Carlos has got some great ones that he's been playing to me this morning. We're looking forward to editing all those down. And we'll do a little section each uh, each week uh, um, uh, with uh, sort of, you know, very highlights of various interviews and things. And, uh, and we'll bring those to you throughout the next few weeks. But f- live from here at the Riyadh Air Show, it is time to say goodbye. Uh, I've got uh, less than 30 minutes to get this edited and up to you so that we can go outside and start seeing some uh, flying aircraft. Everything kicks off in half an hour. It is now 9.30. They're going to be up in the air very soon. So uh, from me and Matt here in the uh, media tent at Royal International Air Tattoo, RF Fairford 2015, uh, we're going to leave you now uh, with this episode. And uh, don't forget to join us again next week for episode number... Or 70, the big 7-0, episode number 70. We'll we'll make sure that the number 70 is a live one again as well. We'll make sure that's uh, a live one. And we'll have decent webcams this time. Yes, yes, yes. We've uh, we've been practising. It's uh, it's all working very well. But, uh, yes, from us here at the Riyadh Air Show, it is time to say goodbye, goodbye. So from me, Carlos, it is a quite sunny outside and uh, warm goodbye. And from you, Matt. It's goodbye. Goodbye.